on this episode. Ian gives you the monologue you never asked for. Thank you so much for listening, and please remember to like, subscribe, and share. You're listening to Around the Outside, the American Formula One podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Around the Outside. This is Ian Shea. Today, we don't have Mike in the studio because of the holiday yesterday. And I wanted to just give you a short little monologue of some things going on the grid post-Australia. The end of the Australian Grand Prix is opening up an old wound for many in the world of Formula One. If we can recall, the race ended under the safety car after a crash with about five laps left. The parallel to the ending of the 2021 season was eerie. There has been a lot of talk about how the Australian Grand Prix ended and how Abu Dhabi should have mirrored that ending. The reason behind this is because the rules were followed in Australia, and we all know Michael Massey took advantage of his position and was able to do what he wanted with the safety car, which is in his rights, but he bent the rules in order to make that work. I'm just here to say that we need to move on as a collective society in Formula One. What happened in 2021 is infuriating for some or the best ending they've ever seen to a season for others. I'm in the camp that Lewis Hamilton deserved his eighth world championship and due to a sketchy call, he didn't get it. And it has taken a while for me to move on from that incident and realize that no matter what we do, it's not going to change. The second Max Verstappen put his hand on that fucking cup was the second that he won the world championship and the 2022 season started. It's what I believe we all need to do. We all need to look forward to the 2023 season and the 2024 seasons. We can't go back in time. And I was really frustrated with Ted Kravitz for bringing up Michael Massey at the end of the race. It was unprofessional and it was unneeded. Ted didn't need to call out Massey in his home country like that to millions of people. He needed to be the drummer boy saying that this is what we're doing now moving forward in Formula One. I think he should have taken the fact that we ended the safety car in Australia as a example that we have learned in this sport, an example of we are moving forward. He could have said, Michael Massey is here today and he is seeing that this sport is changing because of him and it's changing in a good thing, in a good way because of him. But he didn't. He didn't take that opportunity. He took that opportunity to open old wounds for unnecessary reasons. Crofty 
was magnificent in his response to Kravitz. We have to remember that Massey is a human being. We have to remember that no single person in the world except for Michael Massey knows what it's like to be under the stress of the point person to decide the outcome of an entire season that was no point difference going into that race. His judgment could have been or was definitely clouded by the stress of that decision. And it is unfortunate that his clouded judgment led to the actions that he took. But those actions that he took happened in 2021. It is now 2023. I'm going to do my best this season to work on not talking about Abu Dhabi because I think that is the starting point to moving on and letting the wound fully heal. Alfa Romeo, I got to talk to you guys about because I put a lot of weight behind them. I love the look of that livery. I did a little post of the Dirty Diana, Michael Jackson. Seven of you saw it. I don't know why more of you didn't see it because it was fucking awesome. I'm kidding. (laughs) It was trash, apparently. But they are in trouble this season. Right now, they only have six points and they're sitting P8 in the constructors title. And... I was thinking they would be P7, P6 by now because Valtteri Bottas is an incredible driver and Joe Guan Yu in his second year is looking fantastic. I think that the car is not the driver's fault for being slow. I think it's the team's. And I think this because of their management structure. When Andreas Seidel took over Sauber Group, he came in as the CEO. He is not the team principal. I thought he was going to be a team principal and was wrong. There is no team principal at Alfa Romeo for this season. They have a team representative. His name is Aluni Bravi. And what does a team representative do? Well, they act like a liaison to Formula One, to the FIA and media. They're acting on behalf of Alfa Romeo. What what Andreas decided to do was spread out the responsibilities of the team principal to other departments and flatten the organization. They're doing this in the name of efficiency, and it makes sense. When you take out layers of middle management, when you flatten an organization, your communications move faster, decisions are increased because you've given more autonomy to that respective department. And that works for huge organizations like Walmart, for example. They're all over the United States, and they give each store the autonomy to make the decisions that they need to to be successful. However, this is Formula One and not Walmart, and I do not believe flattening out an organization is the right decision for Alfa Romeo. You need a team principal because you need someone to be the point person for decision making. When you give too much responsibility to too many people, you're going to have too many cooks in the kitchen. And with the performance that's going on in Alfa Romeo right now, there's going to need to be a major redesign within the works. Who is going to approve the final designs? I think that when you get to the upper levels of the approval process, the efficiency of communication completely ends because you will have infighting about what idea is best because there's no one person above them 
to tell them what is best. Why wouldn't you want to go to bat for your department and say, we're going with this idea. My team has been busting their ass to get this to move forward. We're doing this. I think they're going to hit roadblocks coming down eight, nine races in because there isn't a point person. This has got me worried for the long-term health of McLaren. McLaren is in the same exact situation as Alfa Romeo. I came in, I know Mike came in thinking that we were going to be hot on McLaren this year. With Oscar Piastri, who I'm warming up to, and Lando Norris behind the wheel, it is a strong driver pairing. However, the technical direction of the car, instead of moving forward, went backwards, and this caused, two races in, James Key to be removed from McLaren. Now, what did they do to remove the person in charge? They spread out his responsibilities instead of making a single person in charge. Three people are now in charge of the technical direction of the McLaren livery. Once again, I think that you need a single person to come out and say yes or no. I think you need that point person for the team to get happy with or to get mad at. You need one person to take full responsibility for the direction of the team. And I'm curious to see if this is a litmus test for them for both teams, Alfa Romeo and McLaren without team principles. We're just going to have to see what race nine ten. That's when you're in the thick of the season and that's when the you're trudging you're trudging through the trenches and your team needs to be a well-oiled machine working with each other and not fighting about design ideas which is what i think is going to happen at mclaren and alfa romeo well that's it thank you all so much for listening it's been a pleasure talking to you if you want more formula one content please head on over to twitter instagram and tiktok at ATO underscore USF1. If you want to watch this little monologue of mine, you can over on YouTube at ATO underscore USF1. When you're checking out our socials, please remember to like, subscribe, and share. We love Formula One on Around the Outside, and we love sharing the sport with you. Thank you all so much for each and every listen. Give yourselves a great day. Merci, gracias, obrigado, dankeschön.